The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Melinda Desai and Dr. Mike Gibson coming to you live from ACC 2022, and we are talking about the Valor HCM trial, a trial of Mavicamptin versus surgical myectomy in patients with hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. Welcome. Talk to us a little bit about why you did the study and what you found. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation, Dr. Gibson. Uh, so Valor HCM uh, study, before we talk about the, this, let's just take a back as to where it fit in. So HCM, um, you know, all, there's no real medical therapy for HCM that was specifically developed. So there's always been a, an unmet need for targeted therapy. The definitive treatments so far have been invasive septal reduction therapies, alcohol septal ablation or surgical myectomy. But that specialized care is not widely available. The guidelines recommend that you need to go to a center that does less than 1% uh, mortality, or whose mortality is well under 1%. There's simply not that many centers in the world that can get to that. In fact, the US data has suggested that the average center mortality is about 5.9%, and some low-volume centers, it can get all the way up to 16%. Uh, some other intermediate to sort of high, higher-volume centers, it can still be up to 3.8% mortality. So either way. And not just mortality. Sometimes they yeah. need a heart transplant yeah. Yeah. or uh, yeah. have permanently disabled yeah. with mitral regurgitation or a heart attack. Exactly. So, right, uh, you know... Uh, so there is an unmet need, number one. Number two, in the United States, the expected one in 500 prevalence puts 700,000 patients with HCM walking around in USA. You know how many we know that, that we actually know have HCM? 100,000. That means 85% people are underdiagnosed, undiagnosed, or misdiagnosed. So, and a third, a six, a two-thirds of these are obstructive HCM patients. So clearly, the tent is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of room in the tent for different therapies, not just invasive, but targeted specific drug, drug therapies. That is where I think a drug, a precision drug like Mavacampton fits into, into, the, into that tent, mm -hmm. essentially. So the design was we take patients who are referred for SRT with obstructive HCM, who are, who are intractably symptomatic, despite all the other known tricks in the bag, all the other known medical therapies, and we randomize them to placebo or Mavacampton. Uh, at the outset of the study, 100% of the patients were guideline eligible for surgery. Okay. They were referred for surgery, or they were referred for an invasive procedure. Uh, and each one met, each one had the anatomy and everything suitable to undergo uh, a procedure tomorrow, mm -hmm. one, uh, for the lack of a better term. So they were followed for 16 weeks, starting at five milligram dose and then up titrated or down titrated at uh, using echo. 
-hmm. clinically applicable echo, not blood tests, pharmacokinetics. And we followed them up for 16 weeks. At week 16, every patient was reevaluated for eligibility of whether they still remain eligible for SRT or not. Uh, what we found, so the primary endpoint was you choose to undergo SRT or you remain guideline eligible for SRT. So the primary endpoint was 17.8 from 100%, only 18%, 17.8% patients in the Mavacampton group remained guideline eligible or chose to undergo SRT. On the flip side, in the placebo group, 77% still remain guideline eligible. So the absolute amount of difference between the two groups was 58 uh, significant, so p-value highly, highly significant. Now, at 16 weeks, as I alluded to, everybody was offered a chance to undergo SRT, but 95% patients in the entire cohort, so placebo as well as Mavacampton, chose to continue on medical therapy. So patients, even the placebo folks, were choosing to continue on medical therapy versus invasive therapy. The other corroborative aspect of the study is there were other pre-specified secondary endpoints. Uh, so the gradient was significantly reduced in Mavacampton group. The NYHA class improved significantly. 63% patients had a one-class improvement. 27% had a two-class improvement. So imagine going from three to NYHA one. Biomarkers went in the right direction for Mavacampton and Kansas City score went. So not only the, the primary endpoint of decision-making around surgery, but also corroborating uh, secondary hierarchy, uh, secondary endpoints uh, were in favor of, of Mavacampton. How does Mavacampton work? So, yeah, that's an important question. Mavacampton is a targeted direct myosin inhibitor. So it works on the sarcomere. So the, the, the actin-myosin um, junction, there's all these cross bridges. And, and essentially the, the, the pathology in HCM is the heart muscle is hypercontractile. It is just going at it. Uh, and what that does is it significantly reduces energy uh, or it is suboptimal utilization of energetics and the LV is not as compliant. And because it is also hypercontractile, it is adding to the pathophysiology of LV outflow tract obstruction. And it is, because you have LV outflow tract obstruction, now you have also significant MR, so uh, mitral regurgitation. So a combination of all these things add to the symptomatology of an HCM patient. So Mavacampton, by working on these actin-myosin cross bridges, makes it less hypercontractile, which potentially improves compliance, potentially improves better energy utilization, but it significantly reduces outflow tract gradient and the downstream impact on mitral regurgitation, uh, biomarkers, et cetera. So that's how it works, essentially. Uh, well. HCM, we think of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, mm -hmm. but it's also hypercontractile yes. cardiomyopathy, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So that's what we're hitting here. Absolutely. Is this ready for prime time now? Well, uh, it is being 
presented to the FDA uh, at the end of April, uh, and it will remain up to the wise folks who run FDA to decide whether or not this will get approved. But, but I think, you know, if and when it gets approved, I think it is, it, it is gonna get to prime, it is ready at prime time. One of the big things that when we were doing the Valor study design, I was very insistent upon is having a clinically meaningful way of monitoring. How do I take care of patients in the clinic? I see them, I look at their echo, I look at, listen to the murmur, I look at their EF, look at their gradients. That's how we designed the Valor study. And we have shown that doing it so is a safe and highly effective way of doing it. Uh, and we did not harm the patients. There was no additional signal of harm. So, so I think it's not just the drug, but how you monitor. I like whole. that you just yeah. used echo, yeah. not some blood exactly. level, exactly. just the echo and clinical symptomatology yeah. to do yeah. the monitoring. That was great to see. Congratulations. Thank you. Great work. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for joining us here, face-to-face, -face, ACC 2022.